Hello, friends. Thank you for listening to another Rob Tucker Says podcast. Today, what I'm hoping to talk to you about is the reality that it is much easier to love God than it is to serve God. Now, that statement or that concept is something that I would have pushed back against very hard several years ago because I would have heard it as an assault on grace. That although we love God, sometimes we find it difficult to serve Him. But I'm learning as as I'm growing in my own faith that the truth is it's a lot easier for us to love God than it is to serve Him. What I mean by that is that in our love for God, we oftentimes fulfill checklists or we come up with these requirements that we need to do or be in order to express our love to God. And so we work really hard to have a good marriage and we work really hard to remember to take out the trash or we try to avoid sins that will that will drag us down. And to be honest, this is a good thing. And we find ourselves in a rhythm of constantly when we when we think back to our relationship about God or we self-assess and say, how am I doing spiritually? We automatically revert back to this checklist. Have I done this? Have I not done this? Am I doing this? Am I not doing this? Am I, have I been feeling this? And if not, how do I get back to a space where I am feeling it again? Now, if, if, if you boil all of that down and consider the, the reality in there that your love of God might quite possibly be another checklist of how you're actually serving God, but it's done so in a flipped kind of way where you think that you're serving God through how you're taking care of yourself or the choices you're making in your own personal life. And Although some of that is true and some of that is real, there's another layer that we need to consider. And that layer is in the question, why? And why do I serve God in the way that I am so that I can show him that I love him? Or so that even more than that, I can show myself that I love God because I don't want to be a person who doesn't believe that they don't love God. We want to be spiritual people and we want to love well and we want to have a relationship with what some call the divine, what I would call God. And so we work really hard to set our lives up so that when we step outside of ourselves and take an objective look into our lives, we can say, yes, it looks like or it feels like I have a relationship with God. And the way that I know I have a relationship with God is because I've done these things. I've acted this way or I am this type of person. Now, why is that dangerous or why is that missing the bullseye? And I'm not saying that we're always going to hit the bullseye or we even have opportunity to hit the bullseye. But one of the reasons that misses the bullseye is because it comes from a place of shame. And I've said many times before 
And you've heard me say that if guilt is, is the belief that we've done something wrong, shame is the belief that we are the thing that is wrong. And so I take this whole thought process another step and I say, if I believe that my relationship with God needs to be shown through what I'm doing and not doing or the type of person that I am, then what I am really doing is setting up a system or a checklist that allows me to look at myself and say, yep, that person has a relationship with God because of these things, and then I can somehow try to alleviate my own shame. This can even be seen in Christian language where people say that we can tell if another person has a relationship with God by the fruit in their life. And that never brings into question what fruit actually is or how fruit is actually produced. Because to someone who wants to consider themselves someone who is bearing fruit for God or God's kingdom, they have to take into account that we are not the people who make things grow, but it's God. And so if there is fruit that happens in our lives, it's solely on the responsibility of the creator who made us and put something inside us to produce fruit. And in some ways that is in spite of us. But when we set up checklists to alleviate our own shame, then we find ourselves in a place where we are constantly looking at ourselves and each other with a perception that understands both self and other as fake or insecure or not fully there. And then we go back to the story of Adam and Eve where fig leaves are sown and we find ourselves trying to prove to ourselves and others our relationship with God through the kinds of fig leaves that we're wearing. Through the kind of job that we have, through the type of ministry we are doing, through how we are loving our families, through the sins that we have avoided for a week or more, or through the ways that we are embracing in the rhythm of reading our Bibles and praying. But friends, the reality is that none of those things are the center of what our relationship with God is. Our relationship with God comes into place or comes into play when we embrace an understanding of the statement we love because we were first loved. That even our best efforts are only out of a love that has been pumped into us. Like a bike tire only goes down the road when it's been filled with air. We are only able to love in our spirituality and in, in, in what is even very physical about us. We are only able to love God through that love that has been put inside of us from God. And that comes from Jesus. If you think for a moment that you can die to yourself without the one who fully died coming inside of you and embracing who you are and clothing you with himself, 
then then your understanding of the gospel is far, far, far away. And if you think that parts of your life can resurrect and come back to life, even after they are completely dead, and you experience reconciliation and forgiveness, if you think you can experience that without the one who can raise the dead and who was raised from the dead dwelling inside of you, then you're missing the gospel again. And so we arrive back at this reality that it's so much easier to try to love God than it is to try to serve him because when we step into the rhythm of loving him that we've created for ourselves, we don't understand that in order for us to love God, we simply have to embrace that love which was given to us. And then when we can embrace that love which was given to us, we find that our love of God and, and the joy that comes with it and the peace that flows out of us when we are in that place of understanding that we only love with the love that has been pumped into us and we're only returning the love that God has already given to us back to him when we acknowledge that it's really all about that, then and only then do we find that loving God is, is something that we simply do when we take a breath in and out. And when we open our eyes in the morning, when we first wake up, or when we take a bite of food, and when we experience all the goodness that he's given to us, we are returning that to him. Because that's what he made us to do. And when in those moments we experience that thankfulness for all of the gifts that he's given us and put around us from every breath we breathe to every ray of sunlight that we see, then we embrace this understanding of how this love is working because, friends, the reality is it's all his love and it's always only been his love. But it becomes a little more tricky when we step into this idea of how do we serve God because love and service are tied together and if 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 we know the five love language we understand that acts of service is a huge a huge piece of love for some of us which which means that it is also a huge piece of love for God but it becomes difficult for us to serve God when we find that the way that we've been understanding our own love for him is in a checklist of service that we have already made then we run out of things to do and we find ourselves going to maybe a local ministry or a local church and we and we find ourselves just asking them, what can I do and how can I serve God? And that's because we have put all of our service into communicating our love for God and we've tried to do the checklist in our minds and then we run out of things to do when it comes to serving him. And we ask ourselves, why can't I do the things that Jesus did or the apostles did or the disciples did? Why can't I live the way that he lived or experience the miracles that were happening during Jesus's time? And some of us experience glimpses of those miracles and some of us claim that we 
heard a story about someone who experienced these miracles and sometimes we just say, you know what, I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. My service is tied up in my reading my Bible and in taking out the trash and in, and in having the best marriage that I can. And I don't think necessarily that any of those things are bad and I definitely don't think any of them are wrong. But when it comes to service, if we've been experiencing the love of God and we've been loving God back by the love that he's pumped into us, then why wouldn't service work the same way? And if it's, if it's true that maybe service and serving God works the same way, then it's possible for Jesus to say, you will do greater things than even I did. Because in that moment of our heart wanting to serve God, not so that we can alleviate our own shame, but because we are thankful for all of the love that he has given us, which actually enables us to love, we can say, Lord, you've pumped into me something that is deeply and intimately a part of you. You filled me up with some of who you are. And if you filled me up with some of who you are, then that means part of my mind and part of my emotions lean toward a divine creativity when it comes to deciding how and when I will serve you. And so God is sitting in the black, unformed, darkened universe before the creation of the world and in a moment in a spark of creativity he says let there be light and then things start to be created and when we are filled with the fullness of who he is and when we become more and more like our creator because he has injected and pumped his own love into us and his own creativity into us and who he is into us, we begin to think like him and we look at spaces around us and we say, that place needs more peace or that place needs more joy or that place needs more love. But the way that it needs more of those things is through a creative presence to exist with that space. And if a creative presence can exist within that space and begin speaking things into existence, then I can step into those spaces and begin creating from what is new. And I can begin coming up with ideas that will work in those spaces. And as I experience what those ideas are doing in those spaces, I can partner with the creator who speaks things into existence. And this is why sometimes for many of us, it is much more difficult to serve God than it is to love God because we've developed a checklist of how we're going to love God and we check those things off the list. And friends, we should do those things. We need to do those things. We need to exist in those things as long as we're not doing them to alleviate our own shame, but we are doing them because of who we are. But it is still in that place more difficult to serve God because until we exit the shame that we exist in, trying to make ourselves acceptable before God, we will not 
understand and embrace the reality that he has pumped his own creativity into us so there is no room for shame to exist and now we can step into any space especially those which are dark and broken and we can breathe the life of God's creativity into those spaces just through the ways that we think about those spaces. Because if it is true that we've been given the mind of Christ, then the way that I think about the world and what needs to happen in the world and how I can bring part of God's kingdom into the world through my gifts and my talents and my creativity, until I can embrace that, it's going to be difficult for me to serve. Because all service needs to be birthed out of the creativity of God's heart for how much he loves this world and the people in it. So let me give you an example. You see a neighborhood or a village or a space around the world and in that space There is something that is lacking, and as you check the Word of God for what is lacking, maybe you find that it's missing joy, or love, or peace, or patience, or faithfulness, or kindness, or gentleness, or goodness, or self-control. And you say, I want to bring these pieces of God's kingdom into this space, but I don't know how, and so you tap into the person that God made you to be, and you say, I think I'm going to try to bring it in this way. I'm going to offer the gift of relationship to this village or this neighborhood or this place, and I'm going to see what begins to happen. And then I'm not just a person coming in, swooping in, flying in with answers that will save the world. But instead, I'm coming in as a person who offers love and joy and peace and patience. And as I do that, the creativity of God who begins to speak things into existence begins to flow out of me as I have a relationship and I speak peace into that relationship. And I speak joy into that relationship. And pretty soon, in a very short time, you're not the only person in a space. You are surrounded by a people who think in joy and peace and love like you. And you're a body and you're moving in a direction together. And then as you move in that direction together, you begin to share a common mind. And you understand that our service can only reach its maximum potential when we are embracing the creativity of our creator that has been pumped inside of us. And you move from no longer putting on band-aids and, and, and tape over small problems that you see around you, but you move to diving into the core of what something is, what a neighborhood is, what a village is, what a person is. And you begin to serve God with creativity. So friends, I hope this is something we can think about together and process together. I know that it was a little bit next level and and, and a little more um, higher thinking, but I hope that we can understand 
that our love of God means we're stepping out of shame and our service of God means that we are stepping into that bicycle wheel that has been pumped full of everything that it needs to do what it needs to do and that we can be a creative people on this planet who are embracing the creator of the universe and what he has put inside of us as we step into this reality of what it means to serve a God who loves this world more than himself with a creativity that loves us more than itself. Thanks for listening. Go in peace.